What is up, good citizens of Crip Nation? And even the bad ones, welcome and, as well. And even the bad ones, all you wily temptresses out there. All you hooligans. I hope everybody's having just a delightful little Saturday on Sunday. Okay, that's cool. Monday, you know, any day of the week that you guys are tuning into Crypto 101 and dosing your brain in some truth and some knowledge about sound money. I mean, that's just a good day in my opinion. So please pay us attention. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Bryce. Who are you? I am Pizza Mind. That is not my Christian name, but that is the name you will know me by because I don't want to be stalked in public. <laughs> did you ever did you ever tell the people how you got that name? No, why would I? Right, do you want to? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Moving right along. So today was a big week. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't want to jump straight into the news because we always do the news last. But right. I just want to say... Happy birthday to Bitcoin. Um, it was its 11th year anniversary of the white paper on October 31st. Incredible. So we will just start off with that. Um, and let's just jump straight into the weekly crypto weather report. See what we're seeing. I'm pulling up my charts here. Yeah, well, we've <laughs> seen a lot of different things because we've been uh, away from one another all week. I've yeah. been at World CryptoCon in Vegas and you've been at San Fran Blockchain Week. We divided, we conquered. We saw, we came, we pillaged, yes. uh, all kinds of amazing things. So let's talk a little bit about what you saw in San Francisco, and then I'll talk about uh, what I saw in Vegas. Let's start off with the weather with that. Absolutely. No, I think my favorite presentation of the week was from the chief strategy officer uh, at Blockstream. His name is Samson Mo, and I was just so impressed with how lucid he is and his arguments are just so logical and he's just such a smart dude and i learned a bunch about uh the liquid network which was something that i hadn't necessarily ever you know done a deep dive on and basically samson works for a company called blockstream and blockstream is a group of uh you know developers and businessmen and some of the smartest people in the space and they are you know contributing to the Bitcoin core software. And so we owe them a lot uh, because they are doing uh, just so much work in in the Bitcoin space. Not crypto, not Ethereum, but Bitcoin and Lightning Network and the Liquid Network, which are all you know side chains and scaling solutions layer two on top of Bitcoin. So you know, with 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 Liquid, you could essentially um, you know issue any sort of token or any sort of asset. Um, so I just made me really bullish on the future of Bitcoin as if I wasn't bullish already. Um, so that was, I think that was a highlight. Um, and I tweeted out at him and he followed me and retweeted. So that was definitely a big highlight. And then, um, I really liked this talk that, uh, Mike Novogratz and Dan Moore. So Mike Novogratz of Galaxy Digital Capital and my, uh, and then Dan Moorhead of Pantera Capital Capital. Um, and there was another gentleman that was on the stage with them and um, who was another Titan, but the name is escaping me. But yeah, that anyhow, so lots of really good talks, lots of big hitters and just walking away, feeling really encouraged, really refreshed. Um, what about you? Vegas was incredible. It really felt like what a crypto conference is supposed to feel like. There was just stuff going on everywhere. We had three different stages, three different convention halls that were stuffed full of booths of all kinds of different stuff. There was a dev track. There was a mining track. There was a finance track. Mm. And it was all really, really interesting. And we didn't, unfortunately, have a chance to listen to too many speakers. But um, one, of the, my, one of the favorite conversations I had was with uh, John Kim, the hilarious oh, awesome. chief evangelist of Litecoin. He's the um, man. Yeah. Somehow... Uh, we were graced with his presence and my hotel room Wow! up on the 42nd floor. Uh, one of the other people I was talking to called him up and we had a really nice conversation <laughs> for the Crypto 2020 Summit. And I got to really yes. learn what he's up to. He's starting his own podcast really soon with, um, I think, Ben Asker. Oh, my God. And that's huge. The UFC fighter. Yeah. Yes. That's him. Wow. Yeah. So we're definitely going to be on the lookout for that. I wanted to give it a little plug. Um, 
So that's going to be really cool. Um, maybe you and I will make a guest appearance on that show at some point. Who knows? I would be very, very down. Um, Me too. The other person to mind our P's and Q's to not get punched in the face. <laughs> that is for sure. The other person that I saw, it was funny. I actually ran into him uh, in like in the doorway. I was coming in the doorway and he was coming out. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Vitalik Buterin. Oh, I heard and of him. He's, he's really tall. He's probably like 6'6", six, six, I feel like. Um, wow. Pier- piercing blue, ice blue eyes. Um, you know, like you. Yeah, just like me. But these are like way brighter. <laughs> these are like crystal clear. Um, and I was just like, oh, I just kind of froze up. Like, I didn't know what to say. Just like we had like this weird little shuffle, you know, where it's like I go left, he goes left, I go right, he goes right. And then we just went went through. And then I realized he was about to go up on stage to talk. And so I listened to his presentation. And I'm just always so impressed by him. Um, I mean, he obviously just says everything that just goes over my head. It was a very technical talk, but uh, it's just cool to watch people like that who are just, you know, it's so monumental um, and he's such an influential character in the space. And so every time you see a guy like him or a guy like Samson, um, you know, give a presentation, it, it just feels like a little bit of history and it's always a treat. Yeah. Speaking of treats, uh, there was this company that was giving away a free Tesla. Mm. Somehow they got it onto the third floor and they legitimately actually gave it away. It wasn't a voucher that, you know, they may or may not have fulfilled like some other blockchains. No, they actually gave it away there on the spot. And And? anyone who wanted to register could just sign up. It was no big deal. And then they made a huge spectacle out of the drawing. First of all, you had to be there when your name was called. So there was about 200 people standing around and, we all realized we have a one in 200 chance of winning a free Tesla. This is insane (laughs) right now. So the, the fervor was at an all time high and then they called 10 names to come up on stage and then they were going to eliminate them from there. So one of the 10 names that was called was Brock Pierce, Mm. the founder of EOS, who's like a billionaire. (laughs) So everyone's looking around for him and they realize he's actually on stage speaking right now. So like people ran out of the crowd to go like drag him off stage to come qualify for this Tesla. But the company giving it away was like, that's too bad. We wouldn't wait for anyone else. We're not going to wait for Brock Pierce either. True. So when he finally came, they just told him, I'm sorry, Brock, you you could buy your own Tesla anyway. (laughs) So the person who ended up winning is actually the wife of our old coworker at XYO, Jeremy Green, the professional skateboarder his wife rebecca strand also a professional skateboarder just moved here from norway left her entire life behind to come work at xyo and now she gets to drive home in a brand new 2019 tesla it was insane when you were telling me that story i was just like so a just like i've never met anybody that's won like a lottery like that so it was so just just crazy but also i can't think of a better couple or a better you know person to win uh, such an award. I mean, they both Jeremy and Rebecca are just such hard workers and it just, I love when good things happen to good people. It just, it, yes. that made my week. That really made my week. I, I can't think Me of too. more deserving. So Jeremy and Rebecca, if you guys are listening, um, you guys live close to us. So we expect to get picked up and we'll take you out <laughs> to lunch. And we want to, we want to see what that Tesla is all about. Zero Absolutely. to 60 in, in 2.5. So and it, I know Jeremy it, likes to drive fast too. I've, oh I, yeah, I, I, I drove in his Mazda one time, and that guy, that kid rips. Yes, he does. And he also it's does incredible. He's got a need so, for speed. He really does. So that thing has a full autopilot and karaoke built in, so you can just have a karaoke oh party God. in your car while you're driving to Vegas. It's insane. I'll never forget during the peak of the bull market. It was like December 2017, and I got picked up by a Tesla that was an Uber. And I swear to God, the Uber driver was trading on BitMEX in his Tesla from that what? from that big screen. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is the change the world. But in retrospect, that should have been a top signal. Be like, okay, <laughs> Uber drivers are now trading on BitMEX in their like <laughs> in their Tesla. This is the top. I saw yeah, everything. We're, def- we're definitely the the eye of the bubble for sure. <laughs> That's insane. Okay, speaking of uh, the eye of the storms, let's actually get into the crypto weather report. And what are you seeing on the markets right now? Yeah, man. I mean, so last week we saw, I'm trying to remember if we talked about that big pump that happened 
did we talk about that last week? When was that? That was like Friday or Saturday. I can't remember if we talked about it yet. So I'm going to talk about it anyhow because it was the most yeah. significant price move in Bitcoin's history almost. Yes. Um, it was a, over the course of one day, one 24-hour period. Oh, that's right. We It had just started when we recorded last week's episode. We were about 15% up and feeling good about ourselves. And then another 30% hit. Right. And so, yeah, it was, it was a 44% price move and it was just absolutely insane off the back of, you know, this announcement by China saying, hey, we are going all in on blockchain and we are, you know, redefining all the regulations that we have um, around the space. So anyhow, so it was the fourth biggest price move in a 24 hour period in Bitcoin's history. So if that's not like something that is extremely bullish um, in the long term. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, we were at a very significant technical point. You know, we were, uh, and by technical, I just mean, if you look at the price charts and you use some technical analysis, we were in this box range uh, from the, the, the high volume dump off in September 24th. Uh, and we stayed within a really tight, just about a, a $900, $800 spread here uh, for about two weeks. And maybe uh, September 24th, October 24th, exactly a month, actually. And we broke down below, you know, ran the stops uh, that were below 7,700. And then price stayed really, really, really still in about a 100 to $200 range. And then pumped right out of that. Harder than I've seen it pump really in a long time. I mean, this was, this was harder pumping um, than we saw in April all the way through June. Um, so I think this is definitely the start of, um, you know, we're, we're getting out of this, what I'm calling, uh, you know, this consolidation zone here, or what, what people call a consolidation zone. And prices are about, prices are moving back up. So it feels good. So if you're a Bitcoin holder, um, you know, I would say keep holding. And, um, you know, as for the altcoins, let's move on over to some alt charts. I'll, I'll quickly look at uh, ETH BTC. Um, you know, we're still below the 200-day moving average on uh, Ethereum Bitcoin. So, you know, you're generally not going to want to enter a long position uh, until you're above that 200-day moving average. So, and, and Ethereum is really a ki kind of an index for the altcoin market, if you will. Um, and what do I mean by that? It's just a good, it's just a good thing to look at. Like, if Ethereum's not doing healthy chances are the rest of the altcoins aren't doing healthy um, or as healthy as they could be. Um, I also like to use Ripple for that same thing because um, these are the most liquid markets. But, you know, we are seeing um, still some of these alts, uh, you know, as we said the other week, you know, we're, we're starting to enter into a good, strong altcoin market, but we're just not there yet. Um, so we that call out that we had the other week about, you know, within the next month or I think I said in the next month, two months, we're probably going to see a seven, uh, you know, how we do our hot or not. We're probably going to see a, a four digit or I, or I should say a four percentage digit, um, like a thousand percent or a 10 X on one of these coins over the next, uh, over a seven day period. And, uh, sure enough, we, we, we saw some really big pumps in the altcoin market, but they were, you know, these are all illiquid coins, um, you know, trading only a some of them are trading only a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million bucks. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting too excited yet, but um, I mean, we saw some really big pumps in like Neo, Neo skyrocket, all the Chinese coins, right? Like Neo uh, ontology. Uh, what were some of the other pumps this week? Uh, IOST. Was yeah. IOST simple token. Um, Huobi token even. Yep. Huobi token. Um, um. So, so the, the altcoin market yeah. is definitely turning, but I mean, these are, it's like turning a cruise ship, right? It takes a long time. They don't just uh, stop on a dime. And so we, we, we've just been absolutely killed. I mean, looking at these charts, it's just like, you know, these things have lost 99%. And so we're about to attack these 200 day moving averages and we're going to see some fireworks. So just stay on the lookout. We're seeing really healthy volumes. Uh, momentum is being reset, so I, I'm I'm still feeling uh, bullish on altcoins, uh, still feeling bullish on Bitcoin, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Uh, any what what are you seeing? Yeah, I think we're actually still in a consolidation pattern. 
Um, after that huge spike went up, I think we also went up like 4X in volume. And it yeah. was my prediction that we were going to still run crazy through the weekend until the whales have the chance to create more liquidity uh, the following week. And that's kind of what we saw again. It mm-hmm. dipped back down, and now we're holding pretty steady just above the 9K level, where the sentiment is on absolute fire right now. There's a, a meme that's been going out from someone on 4chan predicting we'd be hitting 16K at the end of October, <laughs> and that was just flying all around Twitter. And I, I have to believe that. without institutional interference, we might have actually hit that number by now, because we hit 14K uh, just a couple months ago. Yeah. So without market manipulation directly holding the price where it's at i absolutely believe we would have been at 16k by now you know this was a really 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 big week for our sponsors and our good friends over at eToro and why do i say that i say that because they just launched a new product called copy trader and this is a product i know you guys are going to love and i'm super excited to talk about uh, because it's actually really innovative and helps the average consumer it's amazing, and it basically means that you could automatically copy every trade from one of eToro's top crypto traders at the exact price that that other person gets in at real time. All you have to do is click the copy traders button on eToro, and you find a big list of traders, and you could click and view their stats and view their portfolio and their history, uh, and then you just click copy, and you get to copy them trade for trade. So basically, you can just bet on somebody else's strategies. And to make it even more fun, guess who has a copy trader profile that you can copy? Yes, that is correct. Yours truly, Crypto101 underscore Bryce. And actually, big bad Kevin, who is part of the Crypto101 team who stays behind the scenes and makes a lot possible here, also has an account, and that's Crypto101 underscore Kevin. And I think Pizza Mind's account should be up and running here pretty soon. Crypto 101 underscore pizza mine. Um, kind of cool. Copy the smart money with eToro. You join now at eToro.com slash crypto 101. It's very important you use that slash crypto 101 because that helps us. That helps you. Helps everybody. It's a good time. All right, guys. Back to the show. So I was at this really interesting soiree um, for a company that does lots of investments and um, they help raise money for uh, for all sorts of different projects. And I was talking to this guy who invited me, and he goes, you have no idea the, the impact that the President Xi of China, the impact that that had on our deal flow. He goes, I've been on the phone with Chinese banks all week. He goes, I've never I, – I, I never talked to Chinese banks. And I have been on the phones with them all week, and they're asking – you know, how do I buy out entire deals uh, for these crypto projects? How, how do we get exposure? Because now they have government mandates to invest in blockchain. And now not only, you know, they have mandates and they have the permission, right? And so he goes, it's, it's, a, it's an absolute game changer having one of the largest capital markets in the world, which is China, having them um, essentially, you know, sponsor uh, cryptocurrency abroad. And, you know, they're, they're getting exposure to all sorts of different um, crypto projects, both equity-based, token-based, all that kind of stuff. So that was a really exciting little like behind-the-scenes uh, chat that I had where you know, he was just like, dude, you have no idea like what, what the floodgates have, have just been opened. So that was really Whoa. cool. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> and it's going to be a while, I think, before the market really reflects that because these guys really want to buy as cheap as possible. But essentially, this is trillions of dollars potentially flowing into crypto. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, this is what it's going to take. I mean, they are the, you know, I think besides um, India, the most populous nation. So we have retail guys coming in and we have, you know, nation states coming in. We have institutions coming in. So, I mean, how could you like, how could you be long term bearish on this market? It just blows my mind. Uh, denial is a very powerful thing i think there's a there's a quote i read by mark twain recently that said it's easier to fool someone than convince them that they've been fooled Mm. and those are the only people that are really left out of crypto at this point yeah that's a good word all right let's move on over real quick just to touch on uh hot or not 
So, hot or not. Hot or not. Don't, don't. I feel like we need to get music segments for every time we transition. Maybe once we uh get some, get get a, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're, we're going to get a lot <laughs> higher quality stuff here eventually. We'll get some things on video. We'll have a proper yeah. intro, but, you know, maybe year two. Yeah, maybe maybe year two or season two. Season but uh, um, we saw some big pumps across the board. A lot of them are on low volume, and you guys know the criteria for hot or not. Um, seven days, at least a million dollars in volume traded. Um, and the first coin that we have up is a coin called Mindole, ticker M-I-N, never heard of it, traded $4.4 million, and it's up 135%. Um, so I'm sure that we will see that in next week's biggest loser, <laughs> um, cause that tends to be the trend. Um, then we also have a coin called fusion, which I have heard of fusion ticket, uh, ticker is F S N traded $4.4 million as well over the last seven days. And this one's up 131, uh, 131%. So we might, big we moves. Might see that stay there. Yeah, I, I could see that one's a, a technically pretty strong coin. Um, so I'll be keep, keep my eyes out for this one. And lastly, we have Litex. And no, not latex. Um, and not liposuction, but Litex. And then this Can is you ticker. Latex? <laughs> Trojan coin. <laughs> <laughs> this is ticker LXT. And it traded $5.8 million over the last seven days. And that's up 110%. Um, so, Pete, do you have off the top of your head the biggest losers from this week oh there's so many losers to talk about including uh the guy at world CryptoCon who claimed to be the co-founder of bitcoin oh god and has something called the satoshi school where he's an award-winning bitcoin trainer oh is this and, jorg uh, jorg morton yeah oh, yeah boy. he's crazy. so uh so ken bozak called him out on twitter and to his face was calling him a scammer and then Morg stole Ken's hat. That was hilarious. Oh my God. Shout uh, out Ken Bozak. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, Ken. You, you, you are the light of so many lives. Okay. Uh, but getting on to the biggest losers. Bolt Coin down 15.2%. That's the biggest loser this week. That's right? really not that bad. That's Again, not bad just at a, all. Just, just a little slap on the wrist. Platon Coin. Uh, thought that's a scam anyway. So who cares? Down 14.6%. No big deal. And then Origin Sport, which was in our top, uh, the top list. Yeah, last they were week, a big I winner believe. last week. Well, and as we predicted, they're going to drop in the loser category, but only, only 14%. Still holding pretty steady overall. That's not too bad. You don't even get an ouch this week. Just a little. <clears throat> <laughs> and it's a good sign. Um, like we mentioned the same thing. Like when you start to see, um, you know, the, the like peaks and valleys, right? So the peaks of these markets are starting to get higher and the valleys are starting to get higher. So we're not seeing, you know, in these, you know, let's see, Bolt traded 3.7 million, Platinum Coin traded 7 million, Origin Sport traded 18.2 million. And they're, you know, that's decent volume and they're only down about, you know, 14, 15%. So um, it's a good sign that we're not seeing these massive, massive sell-offs. Um, it looks like the fear in the market is starting to uh, wither away. Yeah. But it is important to take some profits when you can, 100%. because there are going to be peaks and valleys, even as we go up Yes, and you can always buy in a little bit cheaper and get a little bit more for your money. So you don't have to uh, be afraid of missing out. The take only thing that you can, I feel comfortable saying that just about the only thing we could guarantee here at crypto one Oh one is that volatility will be present in the crypto markets for a while anyway yep absolutely okay um, let's move on to fire tweets because the bum, entire bum, world bum. is on fire right now and we have a lot of tweets <laughs> to go on this is an incredible collection so let's just jump right into it hell yeah no this was uh a to all of our friends who are in the bay and who are in los angeles that are undergoing these massive fires right now. Our thoughts and our prayers go out to you guys. And if you guys need anything, please just reach out to us. Um, you know, whatever we can do, um, you know, to spread the yeah. word. If you guys have a GoFundMe, if, if you lost something, you know, we'd, we'd love to use our platform to help you guys uh, rebuild if, if any tragedies have struck your family. 
Um, you can pitch a hammock on my balcony. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, last so- week we re- last week we really. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply roasted Congress over how they treated Mark Zuckerberg and just their general ignorance towards crypto and blockchain in general. But it seems like some of them are wising up and speaking out. So that's going to be a recurring theme here for our fire tweets. Absolutely. And, you know, at this conference I was at this week, uh, the San Fran Blockchain Week epicenter, uh, Warren Davidson, who is one of our fire tweets of the week, he's also a congressman from Ohio. um, He said, and I almost could quote this. He thinks that um, Satoshi Nakamoto, he says, you know, unfortunately, Satoshi, whoever he or she or they are, you know, will never be able to accept an award or anything. But he thinks that they should be nominated by the United States government for the work that they've done. Um, and you, I think I want to say like a Nobel Prize or he said some like a medal of not a medal of honor, but it was some sort of very prestigious award that he was mentioning that he thinks that Satoshi should be nominated for. And this is a congressman. Um, so the tweet that he put out this week uh, on Bitcoin's birthday, he says, 11 years ago, this anonymous white paper opened up infinite possibilities for technological innovation and privacy protections. It is time that the U.S. harnesses this potential and establishes a framework for American blockchain investors. Uh, hashtag TTA. And that is in reference to his Token Taxonomy Act that he is working with. Uh, he's been working on this thing for two years, uh, basically to get a strong definition that Congress could work on uh, or work off of uh, and, and regulate and all sorts of different stuff for tokens. So... Uh, then, then we also have another fire tweet uh, by Patrick McHenry. I just listened to a podcast with him on Laura Shin's Unchained, and it was an amazing podcast. This is a very inspiring congressman. And Patrick McHenry is from North Carolina, and he says, The world that Satoshi Nakamoto envisioned and that others are building is an unstoppable force. As policymakers, we should not attempt to deter this technology, but instead ask ourselves, what are we doing to meet the challenges and opportunities of this new world of innovation? Whoa. So we have yeah. quite the split here in Congress. Um, you have some young bucks like Warren, uh, you know, Mr. Warren Davidson, and Mr. Patrick McHenry, who are saying, you know, the world needs to wake up and take advantage of this technology. What are you guys doing? And then we have the old curmudgeons that say, uh, well, they're taking our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really have no idea that between the difference between blockchain and AI and machine <laughs> learning. But to be fair, most of us don't know that. It's true. And until, and that's why you and I have jobs. 
to try and you know define some of these things and help out. So Bingo. after listening to the congressional hearing with Mark Zuckerberg, I actually went to sleep thinking like maybe I should go before the SEC and just volunteer to answer any question they throw out. And maybe maybe we all should. Who knows? Maybe I like it. Us. What are some of the other fire tweets that we have this week? Okay, so we have Tour Demeester at Tour Demeester saying some fun Bitcoin facts in Coinbase's latest post. Over 27 million users in the U.S. alone in 2019. That means 9% of Americans. So what he's trying to say, yeah, 9% of Americans signed up for Coinbase in 2019. If that's not, if that's not significant, I don't know what is. And then, of course, we've got, we've got, you know, our classic, our boy or girl or a robot or whatever they are, Rhythm Trader. Dropping another fire tweet. As usual, we just might as well call it the Rhythm Trader section. Bitcoin has been tricking banks and treating holders since 2009. Bless you. <laughs> I love that. Bless you. So adorable. So adorable. And then we got one last one from Paul Graham at Paul G. He says, the web is 25 years old and signing up for and paying for things is still broken. Why do you have to create an account and make up a password? Why do you have to type in a number off a card in your pocket? There's a big opportunity here that will seem obvious in retrospect. Paul Graham, you are so, so right. And there are a lot of people that are starting to wake up to this and figure out how crypto and blockchain might be able to make this better. And I completely agree. I absolutely hate signing up for accounts and I have to use a password for every different one because I know some small mom and pop shop that I want to order some shoes or a shirt from doesn't have a professional security team that's going to prevent them from getting hacked someday and my password being spilled. So yeah, it's definitely a broken, broken system. Definitely. And that's going to be a recurring theme for our next couple sections here. We're going to be talking about scorched earth personal info leaks. And I I actually want to real quickly amend something that we just said um, for the tour de Meister Coinbase 27 million users. That's actually uh, 27 million users of Bitcoin in the U S alone in 2019. So that's the stat. So we, we accidentally just said um, that that was how many people signed up, but it was actually a uh, 27 million users in the U.S. used Bitcoin in 2019, which is 9% of Americans. So that's even better. Even more you can astounding. Sign up and just, you can just sign up and have an account that goes nowhere. Like we see that all the time with games and monthly active users is so much different than the signups. But these are the numbers of people that are actually using Bitcoin. That's even more phenomenal. Yep. 100%. Um, wow. So that was that. Was that. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we were just talking about the web is 25 years old. Signing up is so broken. So it, in this segment of Scorched Earth, um, we're going to kind of combine it with uh, some recent news. And here's what happened this week. Um, a company called BitMEX, who is the most liquid crypto exchange, and they sell – or sorry, they trade derivatives. Um, so, you know, Bitcoin swaps and futures and altcoin swaps and futures and all sorts of different stuff like that. They accidentally sent out an email to a good chunk of their customer base. And instead of CCing, or sorry, instead of like blind CCing, doing BCC, they accidentally CC'd everybody. So now everybody's email address, uh, all these users are blown open and people know, you know, what people have BitMEX accounts and all sorts of stuff. So it, it brought up a really big problem um, because now you know, certain, like, you know, certain jurisdictions aren't supposed to use it. And there's databases that are, that are out there that you could see, okay, well, this email address, we could map it to this password that has already been hacked or this jurisdiction and stuff. So it kind of just brought up a really big invasion of personal privacy and a bunch of people feel like they got burned. And actually somebody on Twitter named the crypto mask, he, uh, he downloaded a database, um, you know, probably from the dark web or something of just compromised emails and passwords. Um, and he was running a program to see how many emails that uh, BitMEX sent out also had an associated compromised password. And he 
posted pictures. He's like, obviously, I'm not going to reveal these passwords because they're all in clear text um, or the emails. But he was saying that he's found dozens and dozens, uh, I think almost 100 compromised accounts. So if you guys did have an account on BitMEX, um, I highly recommend that you go change your password. Um, and this kind of brings up to the point for the scorched death is like, sorry, for the scorched earth, scorched death. Oh, it's also, but scorched <laughs> earth. Um, you know, you know, it's just so important. We talk about it so much on this show about security and changing passwords and using unique passwords, right? It just seems so no brainer, use unique passwords. But now even more so, it has me thinking, well, shoot, we should be using unique, you know, quote unquote, burner emails when we sign up for services. Um, you know, you could go to Proton Mail and or Gmail or wherever. You could make a free email account and just have that. Um, have a couple of them that you know you could you could just use um, whether it's for your crypto stuff or whether it's for you know if you're signing up for Eventbrite or any of these random things that you you need an email address for. Um, I think we should have more burner email addresses that we just don't use um, except for logging in uh, because stuff like this happens all the time and. It just is amazing that you know most of your passwords have already been compromised, and that somebody could just go to the dark web, just download a database that somebody's hosting uh, that has just a bunch of emails and passwords, and they say, "Oh, well, these were all acquired during this hack. You know, this was from the Target hack, this was from the Yahoo hack, this was from the Experian or the Ashley Madison hack, and like all these different things." And you're like, "Wow, okay, well, it, I hope I'm not using that password anymore because, and I hope I'm not using that password for uh, everything else." So. Guys, we've seen it happen many times in this space. People get cleaned out. People get hacked. You, we just This is your just daily reminder, your weekly reminder to use Google two-factor authentication for all of your crypto stuff, um, to use unique passwords, and consider using unique email addresses. So that's kind of my two cents here. Uh, Pete, do you have any thoughts here? I think that's really, really good advice. Um, you, you really don't think too often about burner emails. I definitely have one for... Uh, professional accounts. I used a burner email for that, but for my personal life, I, I've got a few and then I try to make a very unique password. But when you've got accounts on hundreds of different websites, yeah, how do you really keep track of all this? You have to have a list somewhere. You can't just write down and store a password and hide it somewhere around the house. Eventually you're going to, you're going to lose sight of which one's which. And we need a better system. And I don't believe in LastPass or anything like that because that's just a, one enormous attack vector. And we've seen, you know, vulnerabilities in Intel hardware chips that have gone undetected for 12 years. We've seen Linux kernel core uh, vulnerabilities that have gone undetected for 10 years and things like that. So no matter what, like nothing seems to be safe and there's not a good system in place. And that's going to kind of lead us into smoke and mirrors. Let's do it. Usernames and passwords versus biometrics and private keys. Yeah. So why don't you kick us off? So when the internet was very young, you didn't need a username and password for anything. You just had an anonymous name on a bulletin board, and that was about it, <laughs> if you needed anything at all. But then when shopping came around and uh, people wanted to start making themselves known for one reason or another when they were paying for things behind paywalls then, and stuff. Yeah. So then uh, no credit card information was even being stored at that time. You know, the idea of even buying anything online was extremely taboo, but then the, the passwords came around and it was normal. You know, you might go to four or five websites total that you needed a username and password for, and you'd use the same one for each one. And that was fine for, maybe 10 years or so but that is not fine anymore we no longer go to 10 or 15 websites we go to hundreds and we have recurring payments on so many of them for netflix for hulu for all kinds of different things and that requires our credit card information to be stored online so usually that's encrypted hopefully hmm. but I don't trust these sites, especially these smaller websites, to have their security down, especially when Yahoo and Experian can't even get their act together. Yeah, exactly. So there needs to be there needs to be a better way. And a lot of the crypto apps I use, uh, they don't require me to have a password whatsoever. They simply just either track my face or my thumbprint. 
And I said, well, that's great. I'm never going to forget my face at home. I'm never going to you know, <laughs> forget what my thumbprint looks like after six months of not using it. It's always going to be there. But what are some of the drawbacks of biometrics? Yeah, I mean, biometrics, in one way, they're really, really good because um, like you just said, for the reasons like, you know, you're, you're always going to be with them, like by definition, bio, like of life, right? It's, it's, if you, if you don't have biometrics, you are probably dead. Um, so in that regard, um, it's just super convenient, but kind of on the flip side, um, you know, people are coming up with very, very sophisticated ways of, you know, taking, uh, or re what is it called? Remodeling faces with, you know, 3d, you know, taking pictures and doing 3d graphic renderings to get, you know, a perfect model of your face, uh, that can trick these systems. Uh, you also have, um, people being able to remodel or, uh, you know, put back together your thumbprints from, you know, historical records that have been compromised and they could make, you know, an accurate thumbprint. So there's all sorts of different things that could go wrong in this world. And, and so there is, there's definitely dangers associated with it. It's not like, oh, we're, we're on biometrics now. It's now it's completely perfect. Right. Um, just like with passwords, it's like, oh, well, you know, okay, well, is passwords better? Well, people could hack passwords and stuff. So I, I think the debate is definitely, it's a debate, right? It's open for discussion. Um, but I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of, um, of biometrics and using private keys to act as your identity. Um, when we were doing, um, we, we were doing a walkthrough on a platform the other day and on our, you now show, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of, of that platform. Um, but anyhow, you, you, you signed on with MetaMask and you could be an anonymous user. Um, and it's just an amazing thing that you could now, uh, you know, prove your identity and your by identity. It's just, you know, you own this account, uh, this crypto account, right? And so you just use the digital signature for that account and then boom, you could prove that you are an identity. And then of course you could attach different things inside that account. You know, if you wanted to put your name or your address or whatever, and you know, that would be associated with your sign on. But for, for the world of crypto, um, you know, people don't need to know any of that. It's just, do, do you have the private key to this account? which you are trying to spend money from or send a message from. And if you do, then you could do that. Um, so, so that's, that's a really cool aspect. And I, you know, I actually just saw a, a news bit. Uh, I think it was yesterday or maybe, maybe today, but um, ripple, everybody knows ripple, right? They just uh, invested, I think it was two and a half or $2 million into a biometric cybersecurity company. And it was called keyless. And they're based in London, and they're basically trying to combine both of the things that we're talking about right now, um, having basically a security product that unlocks users' private keys with encrypted biometric data. And there's all sorts of different really cool stuff. I need, I need to go read up on on what's going on there. But, I mean, Ripple, I mean, love them or hate them, they're, they're a big part of the smart money in the ecosystem. And if they think that, you know, private keys and biometric cybersecurity is important, I think we should as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I have these very common fears about biometrics. Like, we're residents of California. We have a pretty good chance that we're going to catch on fire someday. <laughs> what if my face catches on fire and I try to put it out with the hand that I used to log in with, and then now I've lost half my face and my thumbprint? Oh, yeah. You're Do I also lose all of my wealth too? You're screwed. How does that really work? People that understand biometrics laugh when I say that to them, and they say, "You don't don't worry about that." But I do worry about that, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. No, I don't think you're the only one at all. Um, I, yeah, I, I suppose there's a couple different ways to have recovery. I mean, to to regenerate your biometrics, I'm sure. But yeah, I think it's still it's still open for debate, still up for discussion here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so that that, that was kind needs of to be a better system. Yeah, hundred percent. So that was kind of all that's been on my mind. And then just to close it out real quick with some news of some interesting things that happened this week, as we, as we know, you know, the fourth largest single day price spike in history, which was 44% in price, which was also a $70 billion market cap swing. Whoa. <laughs> that's insane. That's retarded. 
Wow. 70 billion bucks in 24 hours flew into Bitcoin. And most of it hasn't really rotated out of Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin has really kept up most of its gains. So that's pretty good. Um, we also had Bitcoin's white paper birthday on October 31st. It's 10th or er, it's 11th birthday, actually. Um, so that was really exciting. A um, lot of good, solid sentiment. We had the BitMEX email database breach um, that we just talked about. And something else interesting that happened, and Pete's, I'm not sure if anybody was talking about this over at WCC in Vegas, but it was, it was kind of a little snarky topic of conversation over here where Coinbase Pro basically flash crashed for some reason or another, whether it was an API mistake or somebody just market dumped and there wasn't a lot of liquidity. Something went wrong in their system, basically, and then they, they shut down for a little bit. Um, and they accidentally, you know, printed a $4,000 Bitcoin price. And, you know, people use Coinbase in order to weight their indexes. So what do I mean by that? So there's people that trade options or derivatives. One company called Deribit basically prices their options and prices their forward contracts and all that stuff based on a volume weighted average price from several different exchanges. So what does that mean? That means instead of just taking one price from Bitstamp and saying, okay, that's the price of Bitcoin, they say, okay, we'll take the volume weighted average price from Bitstamp and then plus the volume weighted average price from Coinbase plus Bitfinex plus dot, 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 dot divided by, you know, divided by however many there are. So, you, um, so if there's three, say they took it from three different exchanges, they divide that addition by three and you get that you know volume weighted average price across exchanges okay why is this important well when something goes wonky with one of those uh price indexes that factor into that overall index then deribit gets a wrong read and you know it it in you know it was basically they accidentally liquidated 150 bitcoin worth uh of of trades uh by accidentally printing not accidentally, the system worked technically. Um, it got this read from Coinbase that, oh my gosh, the price just crashed down to 4,000 bucks. So it made the Deribit uh, price look like it was 8,000 or you know $7,500 for Bitcoin. And it just, everybody was like, yo, what just happened? Like I just got liquidated, lost all my trades, but you know, wait a minute, like the price didn't actually crash. It was just a mistake. So anyhow, there obviously has to be a better system in place to make sure something like this doesn't happen. And I bet all the software engineers over at Coinbase and over at Deribit and all these exchanges are looking at this and saying, okay, we have a very immature space, obviously still. The infrastructure is not where it needs to be in order to make sure that, you know, instances like this don't happen. So I think everybody's going to, you know, help, you know, start to think about how we're going to re-architect you know, pricing these options and all this, all, all this stuff. But it's good that, you know, we're getting all this stuff out of the way. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, and for better or for worse, you know, they reimbursed everybody who was affected by this, um, which was about 150 Bitcoin uh, from their company reserves. So stand up, stand up, guys. Uh, good team. I actually, you know, never really heard a bad thing about them from anybody. Um, and people generally have a lot of bad things to say about exchanges. So, um, you know, I've never traded there. Um, it's a little little complicated and yeah, I just don't need to. I, I, I'm not actually sure if Americans are allowed to be on that platform. So don't take my word for it. But uh, if you're not in the States, go check it out. Um, if you want to trade quadratic options and perpetuals and all sorts of different fun stuff. So I don't even know what that stuff is. <laughs> it is crazy stuff, man. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of all the news. Was there anything else that like stuck out in your mind? No, not much. I've really just been looking forward to uh, what's coming next year and kind of recapping this year in my mind. But we'll do a full uh, recap later next month as uh, the year winds down. But yeah, just there's so much to look forward to. Did you have any favorite uh, presentations from WCC? No, I really didn't get a chance to sit in and watch too many speakers. And there too wasn't busy really a whole lot of people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of people listening either. Most of the conference rooms that I went into were pretty empty. Uh, there was a special conference room just for EOS and all the different EOS related projects. That's cool. And that was about half full. Brock Pierce was there moderating the whole thing. So I sat in on, uh, 
this one uh, guy from EOS Detroit, who's one of the block producers, and he did a panel on tribalism in oh crypto. Boy. And he was really saying that, you know, it's not good. It's not a good attitude, first of all. And the reason is because in order for everyone to succeed, you can't have just one thing become successful. And I talked to him afterwards and we had a really nice chat and I wanted to expand on what he was saying because I really, really believe it. You know, imagine if the only sport out there was golf and everyone in golf was trying to convince the world that golf was cool. That's just not going to happen. But if you want to convince the world that sports are cool and you have baseball, hockey, football, golf, tennis, swimming, and the Olympics, all of a sudden you're going to gain a lot more traction. So we need more than just one cryptocurrency, more than one blockchain, more than one use case to become very successful, to build a competitive ecosystem where several of these successful companies are now pushing each other to become better. So that's 100%. one of the biggest reasons why tribalism really needs to go. And we need to encourage one another's different tokens and favorite projects to be successful. I love it, man. That's a great word. Love it, love it, love it. Cool. Well, on that note, um, on that very positive and inspiring note, I say we end it. What Let's say you, it. Mr. Pizza Mind? I. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will catch you bright and early on Monday morning for another episode of Crypto 101. And we've got a very exciting interview coming out uh, with a company called Abstract, who, you know, I'll just leave it for the episode. You got, You guys go check it out. I won't spoil the surprise. Um, everybody have a great rest of your weekend and we will catch you soon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.